Welcome to the Own Your Choices, Own Your Life podcast. I am Marsha Van Weinsberg. I am a speaker, a coach, and a published author of the best-selling book, When She Stopped Asking Why. On this podcast, we will share tips, tools, and strategies used by our speakers to break through and overcome the challenges in their lives. I am on a mission to educate, empower, and inspire you to see that when you own your choices, you truly own your life. Let's dive right in. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Own Your Choices, Own Your Life. And today we are speaking with Fallon Malik. Fallon and I connected in our mastermind group and with the Great Canadian Women. And we have not in person, but we have really enjoyed getting to know each other. Fallon is a boss goddess writing coach and author. And you know, you, we dive into so many things in this episode, probably far more than what she originally thought we would. But I love getting into the backstory of what helps us to step into who we are right now. And sometimes it truly comes from the most difficult experience that we've ever had. And when we have those moments, it becomes a case of, do I step this way or do I go this way? And what happens if I keep taking steps in this direction that's dark and not good and not going to lead me to a light or to my purpose or to my gifts? Or do I actually attempt and do something different? And she shares with us a life decision, business decision in the last year that led her down a very difficult path affecting every single aspect of her health, her life, her spirituality, fitness, um, mental health, her just, it affected everything and impacted everything. And I love how she shares that we just cannot change. We have to change that state because we can't just put good things in when we are in that space and how much space, anger, rage take up and how they affect and infect all aspects of our lives and how we have to be open to receiving in order to see the lessons and hear the lessons from others. And we have to be okay with asking for help and that's vulnerability and that's where our courage lies and that's how we create change. But she openly shares her journey and how she had to admit that she had a lot of her own things that she had to work on that has led her to this point. Because guess what? So do we all. We all do, right? We're all a work in progress. We're all learning from the experiences that we're going through in life. And Fallon really dives in and shares that. And she shares how she built the Goddess Guild. And what she's doing with that is a community, connection, clarity, collaboration, bringing women together to support each other because that's literally what saved her. And that is beyond powerful in my opinion because we really are here to raise each other up. We are not here to compete with each other. And we can make massive, massive difference in our own lives and in the lives of others when we show up in this way and support each other's progress and success and lift them up when they need it and help bring them back down. So I love that she shared that. So as a child, Fallon, her nose was always buried in a book. So it's no surprise that she's developed a love for writing and shared her stories through her blog, Life's Dirty Secrets, and a collaborative books with other women. Now as an adult, after years of searching for her tribe, she's combined the power of community with her love of books to create the Goddess Guild, the not-so-secret society for divine change, which is built on the foundation of sisterhood through collaboration over competition. I love this episode, and I'm so proud and thankful that Fallon was 
open to going to these places and sharing her story because this will connect with someone who is listening today. Thank you so much, Fallon. I know you're going to love it. Please share this episode. Reach out. Let us know what your takeaways are because I'm really, really grateful for this time with Fallon. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Own Your Choices, Own Your Life. And today we are connecting with Fallon Malik. Fallon is a boss goddess writing coach and author, which I love the title. Fallon and I connected in a mastermind group, and I am just loving connecting with all of these women who are in this group. And it's the whole piece of collaboration, right? Encouraging each other, supporting each other. And as we go through this whole process and as our businesses continue to grow, we just do that is that we step up and share and support each other. And Fallon definitely does that when it comes to her goddess guild, which we will be talking about very shortly. So I want to welcome you to the show today, Fallon. Hi, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. You're welcome. You're welcome. This is awesome. So as you know, because you've been listening, I do have some questions that I ask ahead of time. So I know I got to come up with some new questions and they're going to come. Um, my poor people who jump on later, um, they won't know what they are. So tell us where you are from. I am originally from Ontario. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, but about 14 or so years ago, I kind of packed my bags and drove across country to Alberta. So I'm living in Edmonton currently. Okay. Awesome. And do you, how do you like the, well, okay. So what's your weather like today? Give us a picture. Um, it's kind of overcast and a little bit chilly. We've got a lot of rain this summer. It's been a really, really wet winter or <laughs> wet summer. <laughs> if anybody in Canada understands that joke. So yes, <laughs> it, yeah. we had a very, very wet spring for Canada. Like it was like, I mean, for Ontario, so wet in the spring. But I would say this summer, like July until now, has been really, really nice. It's definitely been, like, it's a super humid day today. But if we haven't, now we're dry. We're, like, super, super dry now. Yeah, I was just there, actually, in, in uh, the end of July to mm -hmm. visit my niece for her birthday. And it was beautiful while I was there. Um, yeah. Actually, I think at one point it was, like, 44 degrees with the humid it that last 10 days of July was probably some major record breaking days. And we actually had a wedding to go to an outdoor wedding. And it was like, Oh my gosh, was that hot? And I like heat, but wow, it was pretty hot. Yeah. And I always forget how humid it is in Ontario. Like, cause Alberta, it's really dry heat. usually. Oh really? Um, so even with all this rain that we've been getting, it's still relatively dry. Like you don't get that sticky hot. Oh yeah. In Ontario, so when I was home there, I was like, oh my God, it's so hot. <laughs> it's very humid here, extremely humid. You are a reader, obviously, by what you do, but what is, can you tell us something that is a very impactful book for you or was an impactful book? Um, actually, right now, I'm in the middle of um, reading the book, uh, The Women Who Run With the Wolves. Oh, yes. I'm a little bit behind everybody else on it because I'm, I'm not one to jump in because everybody else is reading it. And yeah. I almost refuse to read a book when everybody's doing it. Yes. Like movies. <laughs> yeah. But I also have a habit of, I like to pick it up when I feel called to do it. So I sometimes will have like five or six books on the go. Yeah. Um, and then I'll feel called to pick up one or the other. And it's always 
whatever I read at that time is exactly what I need to hear. Um, like the other book that I like to read is uh, the Book of Joy, written by the Dalai Lama and Archbishop. Oh, nice. Is it like, yeah. a, like a little thing for each day that you can just open up at any time? And no, read? Or no, it's okay. It's like a documented conversation between the two of them. So there's actually oh, a wow. third who wrote the book and he was there conducting the interview. Mm -hmm. And these two men are like best friends, but they come from two entirely different religious views or worlds. Um, and that's how they come together. So, um, they just kind of talk about how to be joyful and how to bring joy into your life. Mm. Um, so I'll pick up that book sometimes. And then I pick up the women who run with the wolves and it's always the message that I need to hear at that time. That's and awesome. The women who run with the wolves has really made me see a lot of my own stuff <laughs> that I need to work through, or it's kind of given me an aha moment on different things. So. Mm -hmm. I really enjoy that book and it's it's funny a couple times I've picked it up and it's been in alignment with what I'm creating within the goddess guild towards sisterhood and connection among women and stuff so it's yes. it's neat how you know you can feel called to something and it's exactly what you need in that moment I, I love that and there's a couple books like in the morning that I have um, they're the kind of books where it's like I don't know a page and a half for each section like I'm reading heart talk right now and I don't I'm gonna say read very loosely because I just open the page where I feel like reading and it might be like two or three pages that I read but it just always seems to fit for the day it just helps me in the morning because I can wake up super scatterbrained so it's a um, way to just take that t five ten minutes and ground a little bit with books so, I mean there's all different kinds out there but it's it's always funny how something calls you at the time and that's yeah. what you end up, yeah. Okay, the question that you know is coming, your favorite quote. Um, it's actually um, an Albert Einstein quote. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's, uh, I hope I get this right. Um, so it's, if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it will live its whole life believing it is stupid. And the reason I love that one so much is because going through school, like, I'm the kind of person I have to learn things by seeing by doing and by hearing mm -hmm. so in the traditional school sense a lot of the times they just tell you how to do it or they might just show you how to do it mm -hmm. and so I was missing key elements in certain things um, and so I would struggle and I would believe I was stupid because I'm watching friends they're just getting it they just got it Right. Yeah. And I even still today struggle with reminding myself, I'm not stupid. I just learn differently. Um, because I see like, even in our, our program that mm -hmm. we're in together, right? Like there's, I see everybody excelling at all these things and I'm like, I don't get it. Why don't I get it? <laughs> okay. I, <laughs> so first off that's comparison, right? We all fall into that, which is never good. Never good. No. And you know, it's, so easy to fall into that right oh, yeah. um, but sometimes all I need like I just read something in a book or somebody shares a post or I catch this podcast or a webinar and something that we've learned in the program mm -hmm. just all of a sudden clicks it, yeah it makes sense just missing that little something yeah it's, um, thank you for sharing that because I just, I think that that's real. I think that falling into that comparison, we all, we all do it. All of us do. We just have to kind of catch ourselves 
And school-wise, I mean, I raised two boys, and I, I mean, I'm gonna probably tick someone off right now, but I mean, our school system is built for how girls learn, and it's almost I, even the a um, counselor we had dealt with for a long time said that it's like 90% is visual and boys are not visual learners. They're just typically not. They're tactile, hands-on and a connection, a compilation of like auditory, visual and, and uh, tactile. And so when they feel, when you're not picking things up there as fast as someone else, you assume that there's something wrong with you, which is unfortunate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. And I, I remember going through school and I remember people saying all the time that boys do bad in school. Boys aren't as smart as girls, but it comes back to that quote, right? Like it, like you said, yeah. boys learn the same way. And I, I remember thinking about my brother, like when I reflect back to my brother, he is very much hands-on. Yeah. Oh, very. He, you know, he needed to be doing, mm -hmm. not seeing and hearing. He had mm -hmm. to be immersed in it. And if he wasn't, if, right in it he was often left field yeah and then that was deemed as bad or as wrong or as as difficult and i'm not i mean hey i like i know teachers have their hands full i'm not saying that at all it's just really tricky that as we do that and as the school system starts to move to you know in high school now they will have to be taking in um, I don't know, ontario will be taking some of their credits by online um Mm -hmm. uh, programs. And, you know, it's, it's funny because I get it. Everything's going online. Look at us right now. I mean, we're talking from, that's what happens, but that's just not how everybody learns. I don't learn. I'm so interactive that that's why I do better in groups with people. If I had to sit and read it all on my own and do it, it just is not efficient for me. No. And no. that's, that's me too. Like I, I struggle with it being online. Um, because I, it's being taught one way. Yeah. Right. And, and yeah. that's why I find I have to be in all the things sometimes mm -hmm. so that I'm picking up because maybe it is just a way that somebody else phrases it even that I need to hear it in a different way. Yes. So, we all learn, right. We still learn differently, but sometimes you can hear something like even 10 times and all of a sudden the 11th, you're like, Oh, that makes sense. I get that. That, <laughs> that, re that relates to me and I understand. Yeah. Yeah. So could you also share with us who has been an impactful mentor in your life? Um, there's actually so many. Um, so Sarah in our mm -hmm. coaching program obviously is one. Yes. Um, you have been impactful as well. You helped shift my mindset when I was struggling with the publishing situation. I was in such a dark, dark place because I was so angry. Mm -hmm. uh, but you helped me see the lesson in it and the opportunity that I had available to me to shift what happened and to create something. Mm -hmm. And it just the way that you would phrase it, like I'm pretty sure Sarah was even trying to get that point across. And I was mm -hmm. just like, uh-huh, yeah, sure. <laughs> but it was the way that Do you remember what I said? Do you um I don't remember exactly, but it, it was just to find yourself in a space of gratitude to find something to be grateful and thankful for and what you learned and I sat with that and I was like okay like how can I be grateful for this opportunity <laughs> yeah. so here's the thing okay so anybody listening if you've listened to me long enough I mean sorry these questions are taking a while but it's important it's really good but the the if you've listened to me long enough you've heard me say that in my early days 
people would tell me, you have to be grateful. And I literally just wanted to punch people in the face. Like I, I was so angry all the time. And then I finally realized that the anger was really hurting me, wasn't changing my life, wasn't doing anything, and was affecting how I showed up in the world. So I believe I said that sometimes, like sometimes our toughest lessons in life and the toughest people that we cross in life teach us more about ourselves than we could have ever, ever imagined. And so you, you get to a space where it's like, you know, okay, so I, what lesson can I take from this that I can be grateful for? And if anything, it's not even that you have to take your worst experience and find gratitude. It's a fact that you have to shift the energy. You have to shift the headspace. Sometimes just asking the question of, how can I look at this differently? Or what does this mean? Or what does this, it just shifts our thinking. And as soon as that happens, it's like an extra door opens up in perspective. And it's like, oh, I can see this differently now. Yeah. And I'm, I'm so grateful for that moment because prior to that and, and up to that, I was in a space like it was affecting my physical health, mm -hmm. not just, you know, my, my thought process and the energies that I was putting out there, but I was getting physically ill and, you know, my doctor was concerned about me and I had to go in and see her regularly um, because she was concerned then also for my mental health. So it was showing up physically in my body. You know, my back hurt all the time. I was exhausted. My legs were aching because it was a, the pain in my back was affecting, you know, my sciatica and like the lower back nerve. So it was affecting my legs. Like it was just manifesting physically in so many ways. Oh and it wasn't gosh. until I started to shift that and look for gratitude. Like, I, I didn't have to go to see the physiotherapist anymore on my back. Um, oh my gosh. My I went in for the last kind of follow-up and she's like, wow. She's like, you're, you totally shifted. She says, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. She says, because I don't think I need to see you anymore. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, so I'm going to actually, we're going to stay here for a bit if that's okay with you, because yeah. I think that there's some really valuable lessons in this and what you're saying. So before we dive into it anymore, um, which you're going to totally with, this is a conversation. So it changes the whole order of what we're going to do things, which is totally fine. Can you share a little bit of that backstory of what happened in your, in your own words and how, just however you do it? Yeah. Well, I, um, so I've always wanted to write. Mm -hmm. Um, and so what had happened was I sat down one day and I said, you know what, I'm just going to write my story. I don't care if anybody reads it, but I had shared with a friend that that was what I was going to do. Mm -hmm. And through sharing just that one idea, it led me to meet this company um, where they would create anthology projects. Yes. And so I was super excited. I got to share a piece of my story, and it was actually a story about mental health um, <clears throat> and my previous history of um, suicidal thoughts and how things can, you know, if it's ironic sometimes when I think about it um but how you can let certain things affect you and your life's choices and you have to choose what you're going to listen to and what you're going to you guys can't do. see my eyes bugging up right now sorry <laughs> just that's what your story was about last year that you wrote about yeah wow okay keep and, going sorry and then so when I wrote that one um I had signed up for some other projects and in that timeline, 
there was um, some shifts that occurred um, mm -hmm. and a, a handful of us who were in a different project decided to leave that, that publishing house mm -hmm. and keep our stories together because we we loved the power and the energy that was there and we just wanted to maintain that. Yes. Uh, but it's, I think there was some uh, kind of, I think it was taken personally by the publishing house and that's really at the time I don't think on our end was the case. We just wanted to keep the stories together. Mm -hmm. And when that happened, um, the relationship with the publishing house soured for all the other projects that I was in. And so I was in actually three projects with them. Wow. And it got, all of them got terminated. So even the one that I'm published in, um, where I had shared that story, um, like I, I'm not receiving royalties for it. I have to sell what's left. I'm not supposed to be promoting myself with that, um, you know, which I'm still doing because I'm just promoting myself as an author. I, I wrote it. I contributed in it. It is still my book um, and it's still my story. And, you know, um, but it, it soured everything really quickly. And when all these projects fell, I felt like a failure because I had trusted this company to produce these stories and publish these books with me in it. Um, but I'm also out thousands of dollars because when they terminated the contract they claimed that I was in breach and therefore didn't refund anything so now I'm out thousands of dollars which was my personal investment or like my savings so I have no savings left I have no no money left in my account and so at the time I had no money I had no books I felt like a failure I was being sent to collections in on top of that um, so I was stressing about that because now I'm worried about my credit that I've spent all these years to build, mm -hmm. um, which, you know, would put my future dreams for owning my bed and breakfast at risk, you know? So yes. I was just in this huge Spiral. pit. Yeah. And I, I couldn't get out of it. I was so angry and upset, but I was really, really upset with myself. Um, because there was a period of time I was actually going to sign up um, to be a lead author on two projects um in the best way that i can describe it the more i tried to push it the darker and darker the clouds got so when anything feels out of alignment for me i literally see storm clouds and the more i try to force it the darker and nastier those storm clouds get mm -hmm. but when i'm in alignment with the projects it's literally like the clouds part in the sunshine um, and that's how I felt about the project that we left. When we left, the clouds parted, the sun was shining, it was beautiful and perfect, and the energy was back to where it was. And so I had left those lead projects because those, like I said, the storm clouds just got darker and darker. Um, and, you know, when you gave me that insight into gratitude to help me let go of that anger, because like I said, it was physically manifesting into my body. Mm -hmm. um, and my doctor was getting concerned for you know my mental health she was doing assessments like i had to go in every two weeks and fill out forms and talk to her and give her updates and she put me on leave from work because she was wow. so concerned um but you know we had that call with our our group and yeah. i had went to kind of sit back and i i 
and to ask myself, like, am I going to let her destroy everything? Am I going to let her take away this dream of becoming an author and a, a writer and, and creating beautiful projects with people? And I said, no, like, yeah. that's, why should I give her that right or that power? You know, there are so many people that need to hear our stories. Yes. Why does she get to take that from me? She, you know? and here's the thing, right? She doesn't get to take it from you. You give it to her. Yeah. And that's, that's the, I think that's the thing about anger and hurt. A, to understand how it can manifest in our body in ways that we could have never imagined. Yeah. Right. We just like, this is for real, like what it's doing to our body. And B, it's a case that, I would say like, I, I was mad at the world because I lost my power, but I was the one that gave it away. Yeah. I had to learn that, wait, if I gave it away, instead of beating myself up, I also could take it back. Yes. So just yeah. a shift, right? It's not even like this major overhaul, but just a shift of thinking can literally change the energy in that space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And it, it's like Sarah says, it's, it's that one degree shift that can create such massive change Yes. on the other end. Right. Yes. And, and that's what, what happened. So I, I shifted my thoughts and I gained clarity on how I can still create these projects with, with other women, which is really all that I was looking for. I wanted community. I wanted connection with women and I wanted the ability to create beautiful things together because so often women have a habit of fighting each other or competing oh. with each other. and when I first saw yeah. that that book that made me go oh my god this is amazing I need to do this I need to be a part of this mm -hmm. you know that's what I was thought I was signing up for when I signed in for all of the projects and that's and, and I think that there's a lot of people who talk about collaboration and you say, yes, I'm all for it and I believe in it and I support the women, but they're also the ones in behind who are like, well, how did she do that? Like, she's like, I mean, that's just not real or that's, or they cut each other down. It's like, no, no, no. <laughs> Collaboration is like actually matching words with actions. And it means that when someone else is successful, like you are celebrating that you aren't going like, when's my turn? That's just, that's not what collaboration is. So it's interesting because if community connection and clarity were like your three biggest things that were so important to you. Do you think they were possible in the first environment that you were in? I think maybe at one point it may have been. Mm -hmm. um, but after a while, I'm not sure what happened, but it, it definitely wasn't there anymore. Yeah. See, the environment has to allow for that kind of, right, community connection. Like, it, it has to allow for it. There has to be space yeah. for everybody to be able to um, grow and be themselves so in order for connection to happen. Mm -hmm. I think that that's, you know, it sounds like it's, in, I just was going for the fact that it was interesting that's what you wanted the most, but then in the big picture, you weren't able to create it where you were, but now you are. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I, I think for me, the moment that it really started to shift was when I was about to begin leading mm -hmm. and the price point on joining the projects changed. And I said, well, I wouldn't have been able to afford that mm -hmm. if that was the price of the projects that I was joining. And the right. response was, well, we want, you know, boss women and, and, and these women in business to be joining the projects. And I said, well, 
I wasn't a woman in business. I said, you wouldn't have had me because that wasn't who I was at the time of joining. I said, so I wouldn't have been there. I wouldn't have signed up for three projects. So I don't want to be removing that opportunity from women who were like me mm-hmm. looking for that moment. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so that was, I think the turning point where I started to realize this, this is still excluding people. Yeah. And it's I what you want it. No. And I, I don't want it to be excluding people. I want people who are in the position like I was to have the opportunity as well, you know, where you're just kind of sitting there looking for something, looking for an opportunity and the direction that they were going, shut that out. All of those women wouldn't have been able to contribute. No, no. I just, and for anybody listening, I actually just kind of want to share just one thought here, if this is okay, is the fact that I can say from writing a book, it is a, it's the deepest dive work you're going to do. I think some of the deepest, deepest dive work, like it's massive vulnerability connection, trying to share, digging into the parts of yourself that you don't even like to touch, like you don't want to. So to do that and get to that space and then have it like gone. I I feel, I do feel and understand how difficult that would have been. Um, Can't even imagine, but I can just relate in a sense that that is a massive vulnerability and that's, it's, it's, it's so personal, right? It's just personal, personal information and it feels like it's a personal story. So I can't fathom what that was like, but then at the same time, right, with this shift, you wrote a story about mental health going through challenges, you know, probably overcoming that part of it was overcoming universities and you wrote that. And that's almost like it was your map of what you had to do when (laughs) it's like, can I just be a little philosophical for a second? It's almost like you wrote, you wrote your story and it was your map of it's like, okay, so Fallon, when the shit hits the fan next year, (laughs) here's your map that you're going to follow. Okay. Remember you wrote this and this, Because I actually, and I'm sure there's some of you are rolling your eyes right now, but I actually always believe our future self is guiding us if we're listening. I think they're guiding us. And so it's kind of like you had to, you know, really take those lessons and and do something with them, which is exactly what you had. So you said you had to work through, like own stuff and work through some really difficult things. Yeah. Was it a point of, like you said, we had the conversation, but was it a point of like one decision or was it one decision and then the next one and the next one? Like, was there a turning point that was so crystal clear and then you didn't have any more challenges or how did you work through that stuff? Um, it, that first moment was a major turning point mm-hmm. uh, because it helped me kind of get out of that spiral. Like I was just stuck in there. You were angry. I didn't know you very well, but you were very angry. I get it. <laughs> Oh, I, I was mm-hmm. like, I don't even know how else to describe it. Like it was just ugly. <laughs> it was just ugly here. Can and I, can I pause you for one second? Can, just for one second. So in the ugly space, how well can you create? I can't right. at all. Like right. I, I couldn't see anything. I couldn't, uh, even in the, the program that we were in, I couldn't, Mm-hmm. bring any of the knowledge that I was being given in I couldn't see like it, it's like being blinded mm-hmm. because I, I literally at one point I was so mad all I saw was red like I literally saw red and I couldn't get out of that space 
Um, and I think it like Sarah had to give me a comment because I was venting to her about it. And I was just like, oh my God, I'm so angry. <laughs> and she's like, you have to stop it. Like, and Sarah is amazing for her <laughs> hard, blunt truth. And oh yeah. Times that she's like, drop these things on me. And it's like the biggest slap but it's exactly what you need, you know? And I love her for that because I don't do fluff. If somebody is going to give me information, don't fluff it up. Like, a reason. I don't not get it. You but know? there's a reason we're all in this group together because we're not fluff. Like we're not, we're not fluff. Like we're not, we're actually women building a business who are here to do the stuff that has to be done. No fluff. Like fluff no. doesn't take us anywhere. No. And like, I never get fluff. And if somebody's trying to like, give me a hint or an innuend, it will go over my head so quickly. Mm -hmm. So I need that cold, hard, slap yeah. in the face truth. And I appreciate it as much as it hurts and stings in the moment. Yeah. I, that's what I need. And Sarah's given that to me a few times. And that kind of, it brought me out of the red, but I was still in this spiral where I couldn't, I couldn't function. Like, I couldn't function as a person. I couldn't function in business. I couldn't function as a friend. Health. I couldn't function just in life. Like my house was falling apart. Well, your health, right? Like your everything. Yeah. Everything was falling apart because I was in this ugly spiral and I just couldn't see my way out. And you know, that moment where you know, you handed me some truth and I went, "Oh, oh my god." <laughs> you know? so, and like I said, Sarah had been trying, but I, you know, that was like I was saying before, sometimes you just need somebody else to say something a different way for the light bulb to come on. And that was that moment. And then from there, there's been little things here and there with different people where I've shared the story or somebody else has shared their story. And it's just, it's like, you know, you're walking down a dark tunnel and the lights are a sensor. Right. So they, as you're approaching a new light comes on and you approach a little bit further, a new light comes on. And that's what each of these stories, each of these moments that these individuals in my life, in my community have given, you know, I'm walking dark, down this dark tunnel, trying to find my way out. And each person is that light bulb. So as I approach, they give me a new perspective, they illuminate something new. And I'm like, Oh my God, I can see a little bit further now. Right. How amazing is that? I just, I love, thank you for sharing that because I think it is, I just, regardless of what you're going through, anybody who's listening, it could be a completely different story than balance. But it's, it's, we've all had those moments where the rage is real, the anger is real. It's like you're hurt, you're frustrated, you're resentful, you don't know what to do with it. And I just love, and I thank you so much for being open to share how I always say like that those, that that energy affects and infects us in every single aspect of our life like it's do not we cannot change from that space we have to let go to create space for more to come in and so with space would i just want to ask this like think about if you could put almost like a weight to it imagine for anyone who's listening like how much space and energy does anger and rage take up it takes up everything right I had no space for anything else. And it was like, it's like sitting at the bottom of a pool, mm -hmm. right? You can't see anything. You can't hear anything. And you're, you're just in the bottom of this dark, cold place. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and 
coming out of that, coming up for air, the only way that I was able to do that was, you know, somebody reached in and grabbed me and pulled me up. Yeah. And I got a moment of clarity. I was able to catch a moment of breath. Right. And I could see, oh my gosh, this, this is killing me. I'm literally dying down here. I use those exact words, honestly, Fallon. I, I, I mean, you can't understand it if you haven't been there, but in that space, there was a moment, a turning point where I'm like, if you take one more step in this direction, Marsha, you aren't coming back. Like you're not like you were, it was so dark mm-hmm. and so awful that I could, I, I remember sitting on the floor going like, if you do one more minute like this, you're going to be done. And I meant like physically done, like done. I was, that's how I was. I just had nothing. And I didn't know what to do next, but I knew what I didn't want anymore. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And even, even when I did go to see my doctor about it, filling out those forms, mm-hmm. right? You have these series of questions where it asks you things like, um, how tired of you? And you have these scales. <clears throat> and then there's another question um, where it could be, are you so exhausted and so tired that you can't do things? Or are you still hyper energized that you're unable to focus mm. and so answer all these questions on this varying scale um, and then there would be follow-up questions how often does do these moments affect your personal life your working life your abilities for right yes and depending on where you answer on this scale is going to determine a number at the end you have to tally up these um, columns mm-hmm. and it was seeing this on paper where I went, oh, I really do have a problem <laughs> with where I'm sitting right now. And, you know, it, it was what made my doctor say, like, she has some concerns. She wants to do assessments to see if she needs to medicate me. Mm-hmm. And I, I, it made me sit there and go, how did I get here? Mm-hmm. How did I get this far? You know, like, that my doctor is concerned about my mental well-being. She's concerned I need medication. She wants me to leave my work for a period of time and rest. Like, this isn't okay. I don't want to be here anymore. I need to make a change. It does, and that's exactly the path that you had to go through. Is it almost shocking about how fast you can get to that space? Oh, it's, it's terrifying because it's, it's like it turns on a dime. Yeah. You know, one moment I'm celebrating, I'm excited. I can't believe that I have these books coming out. And then it was like a couple days later, I'm in this pit because everything around me just fell apart. And now I have to explain to my family why I'm out <laughs> thousands and thousands of dollars. And I'm not sure I'm going to pay my mortgage next month. <laughs> you yeah. know, like, yeah. No, I, I mean, I can't, I just, I really, really thank you for being that real with everybody. Cause I think it's really important for people to understand the emotions of what you went through there. I also want to commend you because you did ask for help, right? You went in and asked for help. And I think that again, a lot of people believe, we believe it subconsciously. It's ridiculous. We believe it as a sign of weakness. It's not, it's no. a sign of strength to be able to do that. And then the last thing I would say is, is that I think it's super, super important, but I think you were at that space. We also have to be open to receiving that maybe we don't have all the answers. Yeah. Right. You were obviously open to receiving at that point and then open to receiving again and again. And I, I have to admit, like I've most of the time am pretty open to 
constructive criticisms. Mm -hmm. And I've, it took me a long time to get there. Um, but I've, I've been in that position for a number of years. Um, and that comes from being in my nine to five job. Like you have to just be open to open or constructive criticism to learn and grow. But it wasn't until I actually took a Dale Carnegie course that that really shifted for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that, allowed me to accept that like those moments of constructive criticism and how important those are to your growth and your development as a person so I don't think if if I hadn't taken that course which is a whole other divine intervention moment in itself Mm -hmm. uh, if I hadn't taken that course I don't think I would have had the tools to be able to receive those messages the same and I might not have been able to come out of that spiral the way that I did. That's an um, incredibly deep and powerful reflection. Um, I think, I believe that every stage we go through prepares us for the next one. And it doesn't mean that things, oh my God, great, everything's just gonna keep getting worse. It's not that, it's that the tools, right? It's the tools that we learn that we can now use in our next situation, in our next situation. And for, I mean, years ago, I took a weekend course on values and figuring out what your values are. And it might sound really simple, but I'll tell you, those values became the compass of what my life was doing. When things were really, really bad, I remember looking at those values and going, I'm not living by any of them. No wonder I'm miserable. Like, I'm not living by any of them. Yeah, and these are who I am and what I'm about. So no wonder, like it's like my soul inside is going, "What the hell are you doing here? Like this is not working." Yeah, and yeah, and I think like those those values are what will affect everything, right? Everything. Like not just work everything. Wise, it's relationships, whether it's romantic relationships. That was something that Sarah had to like. If she could have, she would have probably physically shaken me and been like, girl, <laughs> you know, get your head on straight. Yeah. Like, because I, I was in really not healthy romantic relationships because mm-hmm. I wasn't reflecting on my values and what I would accept versus what I wouldn't accept. I just kind of let things happen and allowed these crappy situations because I wasn't staying true to my values. And it goes the same with personal friendships right if you're not living by your values you're going to surround yourself with people they might be decent human beings but they may not be the kind of people that you need in your life to allow you to be your best version of you Mm -hmm. exactly exactly so if I could ask you then on that what would be your top lesson your biggest lesson that you learned out of this entire experience as of today hmm I think it would have to be a very big dose of trusting my intuition Mm -hmm. because even, you know, not just even with this situation, like I said, like I was having moments where those dark storm clouds were rolling in and I was ignoring it Mm -hmm. and I should have seen what was coming, but I, like I was ignoring it. I wasn't paying attention to it. And it goes the same with these other relationships, you know, these, crappy situations were occurring because I was ignoring those storm clouds that were coming in. They were telling me this is not a a good situation. This is not a good place. And I would ignore it and the storm would come every single time. And this particular situation was really a big reality check 
of, you know, I do have the ability to see when things are not right and when they're not in alignment and to start paying attention because the warning signs are there. We know when they're coming, you know, we just have to start trusting ourselves and our abilities and our, our gut instinct on things. We're, we're all created with that ability to know that it's, it's how we've as humans have survived all these years, right? It's, there's the flight or flight, but it, we have a gut. I don't even know what the right word is, but our gut just knows. Right. And, and it does so many levels to it, but we just have to trust that instinct. It absolutely knows. And I mean, when someone asks me, but I don't have very good intuition, you you have a good intuition. That's easier for you. It drives me bonkers. And I'm just like, <laughs> if you want your intuition to become more clear and stronger, you have to listen to it. Yeah. And even on small things, right? Like it just makes small things. Like it doesn't have to be like massive life changing things. It can be little things. Yeah. And it's, it's like a muscle. It's like any yep. other muscle in your body, you know, you can't expect to lift a hundred pounds if you've never started lifting. No, it. no. So your intuition is the same. You have to start paying attention to those subtle moments mm -hmm. and trust that. And the next time it won't be so subtle, it'll be a little bit louder and then trust that. And as you practice and you flex that muscle over and over again, it'll get bigger and bigger and bigger. And so now, like I was saying for me, instead of this little nudge that says, maybe you should do this. It's literally a physical, like I can see it almost as clear as if it was actually the storm clouds are rolling in, in the sky. Like mm -hmm. I see dark clouds and I, if I'm ignoring it, it really does. Like everything feels dark around yeah. me Yeah. in my physical world. It feels dark when something bad is, if I've ignored it for that long, everything feels dark. So that, I mean, I thank you again for painting that picture because I think it just helps people to realize that it doesn't really matter what the situation is. When you start to experience those emotions, they are real and your body is asking you to listen, right? They are real. So you've yeah. taken all of these lessons. Thank you so much for sharing that struggle. Um, and I think it's just really important. And I think it's good for you to go through and share that part. But you've taken that now. And what are you doing with it? Well, I've, I've created um, or am creating this community mm -hmm. because I would not have gotten to this point if it hadn't been for the community around me. So like I said, Sarah was an impactful mentor. You were an impactful mentor. Um, my, my best friend, Olivia, um, who has her business platform of Wake the Wild Within, yes. she was a massive mentor in learning how to trust my intuition um, and attending the event that uh, we went to. Uh, Jennifer Jade talked about how to visualize right so all of these women in my life have given me a little bit of a lesson here and there and i've taken away all these little things to be able to do what i did and that was the community that i was trying to find and that's the community that i want to continue to grow and build with the goddess guilt and i want women to have those resources because there are so many of us like i was 32 before i met Olivia and 
we almost didn't connect because we were both afraid of what the other person would think if we asked for each other's number, mm -hmm. right? We, there's this weird fear that women have about reaching out to make a new friend for some reason. And we both had the same thought, oh my God, she's going to think I'm hitting on her. She's going <laughs> to think I'm so weird. And we didn't do it. Um, and so we left that day upset and sad, like, oh, I should have asked for her number. And we were fortunate enough that our other girlfriend actually worked for the, the company where we met and she connected us. Um, so my intimate tribe is from that moment. Um, and if it wasn't for them, like I would be so lost. Right. And so, mm -hmm. no, I them, appreciate that. Yeah. And that, because I was 32 or something like that before I met them, like I was just lost. Right. And I know that there's so many women out there that are in that moment still. Like I've been talking to some of them um, as I'm trying to fill spots in my book um, for soul sister series. Um, they're, they want to join it, but they haven't found their tribe yet. So they, they feel they don't have a story. Um, oh. oh gosh. And you and I have a lot in common here because we've both been interviewing authors, right? For, yeah our, our um, collaborative books. So I can relate to exactly what you're just saying. I think one of the things that you have done so beautifully to explain it is the fact that you're, you knew what you wanted, but you didn't, you stopped like waiting for it to show up. You actually created it. Yeah. And I think that that's the key. And that's mm -hmm. kind of what this, this book project actually is, is about because for me, like, you know, I was 32, my mom's in her fifties and she's just starting to shift now. And mm -hmm. it was her later years that she developed this group of women that she now meets with one Sunday every month to get together and have coffee and breakfast. And that's their thing. Love but it. She, without that for 15, 20 years, mm -hmm. you know, and so with these projects, I, I want women to see like, it will happen, you know, those women are waiting for you, but you have to take control. You are the one that controls your ability to connect with these women. You know, you have to be open to it. You have to make that shift. And for me, that shift uh, was somebody who was incredibly important to me, who I love very much, died because mm -hmm. I had put work and making money ahead of everything else. I was working crazy, crazy hours investing all this time into this career with this promise of one day maybe making partner and all I could see was all this money that I was going to potentially make and how amazing my life would be with all this money <clears throat> but that's a very lonely life when you're working 16 hours a day you go to the office you work you come home you sleep <clears throat> and you go to the office and repeat and what had happened was I had canceled plans mm -hmm. uh, I had backed out of going to a dinner because I was too busy at work and he literally died three days later and wow. it crushed me mm -hmm. and i write about that in um the great canadian woman book that's going to be coming out in the fall mm -hmm. and that moment that um, what is it mortality motivation i kind of woke up and went i have to change this I can't keep doing this because I'm losing the people that I love most mm -hmm. by doing this. I'm robbing myself of these relationships and these, 
these experiences with people like I he died without me ever having the ability or the courage to tell him I loved him mm-hmm. you know and that will never leave me so now I tell my girlfriends as often as possible how much they mean to me how much I love them and how important they are in my life because it absolutely gets me that he died not knowing just how much I loved him and how important he was to me. Mm-hmm. And so when that happened, I shifted at work and I said, I'm not doing these hours anymore. I'm here nine to five and I'm going home. I need a life outside of the office. Mm-hmm. And they had actually enrolled me in the Dale Carnegie program, hoping that I would go back <laughs> to being that heavy person within the office where I was just working, 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 working. But what most people don't realize is that program is Have they gone? <laughs> Sorry. Have they gone to a Dale Carnegie course? Because that's not <laughs> what it is. No. Sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. The, the specific course was how to win friends and influence yeah. people, right? Mm-hmm. And ironically, or, or if that's even the right word, that is where I met my soul tribe. Mm-hmm. You know, the the three closest women in my life I met at there. That's awesome. You know, two of them were in my class. Mm-hmm. And so through all of this, you know, I decided it's time. I'm going to put down roots. I'm going to buy a house. And that was how I ended up actually meeting Olivia because I missed a class in my program. Mm-hmm. Being, you know, a perfectionist, I had to have 100% on my program to receive my gold star on my certificate. So I went into yes. the makeup course, you know. So had I not bought my house, I wouldn't have needed to go to the makeup course. I wouldn't have met Olivia and so I attend that and that's how we meet and you know we're polar opposites I'm gray and quiet the wallflower I sat at the far end of the room away from everybody possible I'm like I'm never going to meet these people again I don't need to inter you know intermingle and get to know anybody I'm just going to sit here on my phone and shut everybody out and she's the opposite she walks into the room and she says who don't I know I don't know you and she sat down beside me that's awesome and she was in this bright colorful outfit and had this bursting laugh that literally everybody in the room had turned to look at her when she walked in the room right so polar opposites but by the end of that class we were like i need to be friends with her (laughs) bring something else out in each other and that's the beautiful thing i had olivia i don't know what number it was i had her on a podcast and I'm pretty sure I've never laughed that much in my life in a podcast. I don't think I have. I, we literally kept, at one point we were just dying laughing. And I'm like, I don't know what this is going to sound like when it comes to <laughs> I hope there's content here. It's just that funny. Yeah. To us, it was funny. And, and we joke all the time about how we're yin and yang for each other. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, you know, I don't know if anybody, if you've watched Grey's Anatomy, but I'm like the dark and twisty yeah. sister. Yeah. Right? Yep. I'm the dark and twisty. She is the bright sunshine. she illuminates things and you know because of her like she our relationship and how we met and how I met um our girlfriends Katie and Jackie um they are the inspiration behind Soul Sister series Mm -hmm. and the journey that I took to find them you know had I not made that shift I wouldn't have been put into the Dale Carnegie class and I never would have met them right and if you let me ask you this because I like to put you on the spot if you hadn't gone through what you had gone through with this last publishing house 
do you think you would have made the big jump that you've made now? Like, no. so here, isn't that interesting? Can I just say, like, it's interesting what you're doing now, the bigger vision, the bigger impact, how you're showing up, mm -hmm. right? Like our people can't see us if we don't show up first. And it's hard to show up. It's really hard. But that's how they find us. And that's how people see us. So to go through such a difficult experience that changes you on so many levels, but it's almost becomes a catapult that brings you to where you are now. Yeah. yeah. And I, you know, you need all of those experiences and there's, there's that kind of cliche thing, um, that phrase that people say where, you know, sometimes when the world is falling apart, the yeah. pieces are actually falling together. Yep that's kind of what was happening, right? I needed all of these little aspects of my life to mm -hmm. fall apart in order for the bigger picture to come together. Yep. You needed space to be able to put different things in that, in that picture. Yeah. And it's, you mm -hmm. know, you know, there, I have this mug that I, I love and it says to trust the journey and I am always resisted to it because yep. I, a, I need to know, I'm the kind of person, I have to know what's coming. I have to know the outcome. And when something um, is different, it yeah. turns me off, right? So I, I'm still in the process of learning to trust the journey. <laughs> because I was going to say, good luck with that. If you have to know how every single step is going to go, <laughs> good luck with that. You, I'll check yeah. back later because it's not going to go like that. It's just, it, it, it was it, that person too. I get it. Yeah, it never does. And you know, even yeah. years and years ago, when I was still starting out my career as an insurance broker, I, I had this uh, boss who used to laugh at me all the time mm -hmm. because I would, you know, something would change. Insurance, the industry is always changing. Always. Like every couple of months, something changes. There's a new rule. There's a new premium. There's a new something. Yeah. And I said to her one day, I was like, oh my God, I hate change. And she laughed. She says, why are you in insurance? Why are you here? Is change, <laughs> you know, and mm -hmm. that's really that's life. And it's taken me about 15 years of being in the industry <laughs> to piece that together and for it to fully click. Right. The only constant in life is change. Whether it's we like it or not. Yeah. It's... And yeah. And you, I'm still working on it, but we do have to be open to change because that's the only way that we're going to grow. You know, it's like me this weekend, I stepped way outside my comfort zone and attended when words collide in Calgary for this big writers convention. I did know somebody who was going to be there, mm -hmm. but I mean, I had to drive three hours to Calgary, stay in a city. I don't know, but there was probably over 800 people attending, you know, oh. this big event. Like it was huge. Like they, we took over the entire Delta hotel, which in Calgary is two buildings. Yeah. You know, it's massive. And, you know, I went there, but I came out of there with an abundance of connections with mm -hmm. new inspiration, new ideas, all because I allowed a moment of change. You also will continue to strengthen that belief and that trust in yourself that you can do because remember the next time that feels the next situation that feels uncomfortable you're like okay remember what it felt like when i went to that event and i didn't want to go and yet look at all the good things that, like you're building evidence for yourself that you can do this yes. right 
exactly exactly and so you just have to be open to those like you know you have to (laughs) and i you know this is a new lesson for myself just now you know you have to embrace the fear because that is a huge moment of growth it will provide huge moments of clarity yeah you know and it can inspire so much like i like i was telling you earlier it it (laughs) my mind exploded with ideas like I couldn't write it down fast enough I filled pages and pages and pages of ideas mm-hmm. you know you opened up a like, door you yeah, opened and, up a door of opportunity and your brain just went oh god look I can I've got space like look at what this is now look at this now you allowed it yeah and it's it you know it comes down to you have to be open to change you have to embrace your fears you have to mm-hmm. allow that shift you know and that's that was how i met my 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 tribe my community awesome. being open to that and you know i was terrified to join any of the coaching programs i didn't really even have a clear vision yet i was just like i should be in this mm-hmm. i didn't know why i didn't know what i was doing you know but i was afraid of missing out on the opportunity i guess too but <laughs> Well, but then you end up meeting people as well, right? It's not just the coach themselves. It's the other people yeah. that you meet that can make a big difference too. And we learn a lot about ourselves just from being around each other. So, I mean, and the neat thing is, is like most of us haven't met in person. Yeah, which is incredible. Yeah. I know, I know. Um, so you are right now with your book. Tell us a little bit about where that is and like what you're looking, if you're still looking for some authors, what that looks like. Just you want to share a little bit there that would help? Yeah, so we are still looking for some ladies to join. Mm-hmm. Um, and the idea behind it, um, so a lot of the women who are joining are coaches, um, but some of them aren't. So like I, because I am, promoting the women that are joining the projects. I don't want everybody to think you have to be a coach or in business to join. You just have to have a story about sisterhood and connection and meeting the people who have deeply impacted your life or you have met somebody and just from you being there changed their life. So, um, you know, we have stories that are coming in that are about taking that journey back to yourself and, mm-hmm. and rediscovering who you are and embracing your yourself authentically to allow those people to show up right and we have stories where um one lady that's going to be joining soon you know it's about how she met somebody and changed her life because she saw the potential in her to be something great and was teaching her how to be strong for herself Mm. right so the stories that are are in it are there to inspire hope, you know, that you will find your tribe, that you will find those women in your life. Uh, The stories that are there are kind of roadmaps on how to find those women, you know, Mm -hmm. that one degree shift, you know, we hear people talk about that all the time, but that one degree shift can create massive change in your life. So it's, you know, these stories will show you how to do that, the importance of it, um, and the importance of being yourself, you know, and so if you're not being who you are and you're still wearing those masks, you're never going to attract those people because you're hiding from them. Right. They can't see you. Like they can't see you. They physically can't see you. 
Yeah, because you're showing up as somebody else. So mm -hmm. your energy is capped and bottled and not able to connect with the energy that matches you. Yes. Right. So that's kind of what Soul Sister series is. It's about those connections, those steps that you need to take to be able to welcome those women into your life to make those connections. And it's about stepping outside your comfort zone and doing the things you don't want to do. You know, like I said, day in, day out. Yeah, I met incredible people there that I'm sure are going to be lifelong friends again. Right. So. Mm -hmm. Soul Sister series is, is about that, is about connecting, finding your community and how to find your community. I love that. What is the best way for them to connect with you? Um, there's a couple ways. Um, we have our website, which is just at uh, thegoddessguild.ca. Mm -hmm. um, and you can message me through there. There's some links. Um, you can reach me at the boss goddess at the goddess guild.ca for email or you can find me on instagram so our community is also just the dot goddess dot guild on instagram nice, nice. Yeah. i will make sure all of that is in the notes so that people can reach out and connect with you um before i i, I like to ask two questions at the end but i just I, again i probably say it a couple times thank you for being so real about that process and what you went through because I know that's what will other people will relate to, right? That's what they're going to relate to. Um, so what is, what impact do you want to leave in this world? I want people to, what's the best way to phrase this? You say how you want. The impact that I want to leave is to just help people believe in themselves. That's something that I've struggled with for years is believing in myself, you know, but it, it's taken my, my tribe to help me believe in myself. So I want to share my tribe to help others learn to believe in themselves because there's so much potential that we all hold, you know, <laughs> if, if we're so afraid to be ourselves and to do the things that we want to do, you know, we could be missing out on the, our story might be the story that makes somebody else create the next big thing that mm -hmm. saves lives, right? So you never know what impact you're going to have if you just sit quietly in your corner and hide and, you know, you don't believe in who you are. And I still struggle today with feelings of being enough. So, mm -hmm. you know, I don't want anybody else to feel that. I, I don't want anybody else to feel that they're not enough because we are. I love that. We are, we are so enough. And I think the beautiful thing is, is that I inherently deep down believe we cannot coach speak or write on anything that we have not lived. Yeah. And from what you've shared with us today, you've lived and walked in those paths. So you're the perfect person to be able to, right. To support coach, collaborate women to come together because you've walked the path to get to here. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I, truly feel that that is the key, mm -hmm. you know, community, collaboration, connection with the people that we are meant to connect with. Mm -hmm. That is the key to unlocking everything. It sure the is. Potential in us, the potential in others and creating the change in the world that we all want to see. Mm -hmm. You know, we can't do it on our own. We need other people. We need their perspectives. We need their ideas. 
we need them to, you know, stand up to us and say, no, I don't think that's a good idea. Right. (laughs) Right. Because we're all our ideas aren't always gold. So we need that other perspective as well. So we, we need other people. We need our communities. We need the diversity amongst each other to be able to create anything of any value. There's so many things there that pertain to all aspects of life, like all of them, where I think that, you know, it affects us as humanity, that we are not meant to do life alone. And when life is really, really difficult, that seems to be the exact moment that we retreat and try and figure it out ourselves, which is nuts, but we all do it. And I think that you standing up and sharing that and those emotions, it will relate to somebody who's going to say, oh, I oh, I just assumed I was on my own. I assumed that I was alone. I assumed I'm the only one that was suffering. The reason we feel that way is because we don't talk about the difficult things in life. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I think it's, it comes down to being afraid to share those things because we're afraid of the judgment as well. Not just thinking that we're alone in it, but sharing like it it comes down like same with mental health right nobody wants to talk about it because it's so taboo or there's so many stigmas around it but it's that way because nobody talks about it (laughs) oh I know (laughs) trust me like I I totally know this is like this is my wheelhouse I get it it's it's I've lived it for a long time so I get it completely yeah and it's it the community is what's what will save you really it will save you yeah it will save you and just know if you're listening and you're like okay but you don't have any idea how bad my community is you can create that change by being open for people to come in by showing up as yourself so that people can see you and deciding that no this is not how it's it's going to be i'm going to create something else so it it, it can all change all of it can change but we have to change. Like I say, we always, we have to be the change first. Life won't change for us. It has to come from us. Yeah. And I think another important thing with that is people will leave when you make that change, but that's not a bad thing. We, we see that as, Oh my God, I'm going to be alone because people are leaving. People are turned off by me showing up as me. But the reality of that is, those aren't your people. Nope. And we forget that. We were so afraid of being alone that we allow these half friendships or these hollow friendships to fill space. Yes. But that's what's happening is they're filling the space that should be open for the people who are meant to be there. Mm-hmm. So if you make that shift, people will fall away and it will be scary because we will be afraid of being alone. Yes. But that space has to open up to allow the right people to show up. Yes. Yeah. It sure does. It sure does. I have one more question I want to ask you and it's fairly simple, but it's what lesson in life are you most grateful for? Um, hmm. To be honest, it would be uh, meeting Curtis, um, because he taught me a lot of lessons, Mm -hmm. but it was losing him that changed my life. It was the rude wake up call that I needed because I wasn't allowing people in. 
-hmm. I was hiding. Mm -hmm. It was safer in a sense because I wouldn't, you know, I, I didn't tell him how I felt because I was afraid. I was afraid of rejection, mm -hmm. but knowing that he left this world, not knowing hurt more than the rejection would have. Right. right. Because it's in a sense, like I robbed him of just knowing that somebody else loved him. Mm -hmm. Right. So now I do my very best to tell the people that mean the most to me what that is, how much they mean to me. Right. Like, yes. So I'm most grateful for that experience because he was also, you know, a fantastic boyfriend, mm -hmm. you know, aside from all his other struggles that he had, he, he kind of set a precedent for me on what I would allow in relationships romantically. Yes. Um, he was the reason that I found my soul tribe. Losing him set me on the path to find them. But when he died, um, or just before he had died, he, he said something to me that said, you will exceed your own expectations. Oh, I have goosebumps. Wow. So every time I'm facing something terrifying, mm -hmm. I call back to that moment because it's, it's him now cheering me on, right? So when I'm terrified to start my business or I'm terrified to show up or I'm terrified to attend something, mm -hmm. I hear his voice telling me, you're going to exceed your own expectations. So I move forward with it, you know? So that wow. would be the biggest lesson that I am most grateful for because it was incredibly painful, but it was incredibly humbling. It was a moment of massive clarity mm -hmm. and it set me on the path that I'm on. Wow. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. He obviously played a role in your life that you know, this is the thing is that sometimes people come to us for reasons, seasons, or lifetime. And sometimes our yeah. most powerful lessons can come from somebody who's just in for a season. They're not even there that long, but we learn a lot from them. Yeah. And the people that are in my life because of him, mm -hmm. so not just, you know, my soul tribe, the women that I met because I joined that program, but his family, we're still hmm. really close with, you know, I wow. joke they're my Alberta family. Wow. That's um, you know, beautiful. Not, yeah. And when I'm not with my family, I'm with his, mm -hmm. you know, so I do holidays with them when I can't do it with mine. And, you know, we, a few of us, you know, friends of his and the family, you know, we've made comments that he brought us all together. He knew we were all going to need each other at some point. Yes. Because in moments where, you know, I met somebody at his funeral and we supported each other through dealing with his death. We wouldn't have met otherwise. Wow. Our friendship, you know, we have kind of supported each other and cheered each other on in other aspects. So we, we've made comments before about how he brought us all together. He knew we were all going to need each other at some point mm -hmm. and just him existing 
allowed that to happen. None of us would have met otherwise. No. And that's, I think that you're able to look at that and from a perspective of what you've learned about yourself on the journey, your intuition, trusting, right? All of those things, trusting that process. So it obviously did have an impact and is making a difference in you and how you show up. And that will in turn allow you to keep following your passion and your purpose and your gifts so that it will make a difference in the lives of others. So thank you for doing that. Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you so much for being here today and for everything that you shared and how real and vulnerable you got. I probably maybe made you a little uncomfortable, but I'm proud of you for digging in. I am because it's good. It will resonate with somebody out there as they can, you know, realize that you can change your circumstances completely. You really can. It's not easy, but it's not easy to stay stuck in the same spot either. No, and it's Sarah had said it once before, you have to ask yourself how much is it worth mm -hmm. and how much pain are you going to accept before you change? So are you, is it more painful to stay where you are or is it less painful to make the change? Right. It's always less painful if you just make the change. So it is, it's always less painful. Yeah. And so thank you for allowing me to share everything. I'm so glad we had this chance to talk about it. Me too. I'm so glad. And I'm so grateful for having you here today. And I'll make sure all of your information is in the show notes for people to connect with you. But I truly thank you for being so vulnerable and real with everyone who's, who is here today. Thank you so much, Fallon. Thank you. And thank you for letting me share it. It's, uh, it's, it's not easy to talk about, but it's, it's definitely important. It's definitely important. Thank you so much. And thank you everyone for tuning into this episode of Own Your Choices, Own Your Life. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. Until next time, remember, when you own your choices, you truly own your life.